RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. What the hell is going on? Wow, that's loud. And it's New Year's. Happy New Year. All right, whatever. Um, my name is Tara Devil, and thank you for hanging out. This is Unapologetic Liberal Talk on the Right Side of History, Decency, Dignity, Democracy, and Humanity. And can we use more of that in 2022? I don't know about you, but I'm sick of it. I'm sick of, I'm sick of it already. I'm sick of 2022 already. I'm sick of it. And, um, we'll talk about it. Okay, uh... What, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, we meet here. Well, here's the thing, guys. I see... Oh, Mark. I see Mark from Shaping Progress. Mark, our millennial correspondent. Mark Middlestad from Shaping Progress. Happy New Year. Join Mark in the chat room at youtube.com slash C for channel slash Tarabuster. And hopefully other people will show up, Mark. <laughs> I heard that other people were coming to the show today. It's okay. We have to do the show. And there's Haiku. Nice to see you. And I've had some people reach out today and ask if we were going to have a show. And I said yes. So hopefully they'll show up. All right. I have I have an announcement. And it's not good. Are you ready, everyone? I'll have to keep announcing it. But this is going to be the last Saturday show for a while. I know. It sucks. Um, I don't know. It's a problem with schedule, my schedule. I'm having trouble um, because, you know, we don't have a daily... Sh we don't have enough <laughs> financial support to have the show at a daily daily show at a set time. Uh, so, obviously, I got to take work and other, you know, to keep the lights on in Tarabuster Studios. And, unfortunately, I have something that's interfering with Saturday at this point. Um, I don't know how long it's going to last. And, um, yeah, it sucks. It's probably one of the things that is depressing me. So we will have our show on Friday night, if that's okay with you guys. I mean, we're still going to do the, the Tower Buster. And um, I'll do as many as I can during the week. But the Friday for now will be our Tara Buster. And if you listen to the show on Progressive Voices or on a podcast, it really doesn't affect you. But it's really for the guys and gals who hang out in the chat room during the show. And that sucks. It sucks for me, too. And maybe we'll we'll come up with a plan B for Saturdays. Like Mark was saying, we could do some kind of Discord check-in on Saturday nights. We could probably do something like that. But I'm not able to do a full show on Saturdays at this time. Okay, hopefully we'll get back to it. it. It does upset me a lot because this is the time that we've been doing the show for years now. How many years? I don't remember. I was, I was just a baby. I can't think that far back. But it is annoying. So, all right. That's the announcement. How's everybody doing? All right, good. But Friday will work. Okay, this is sad news, but Friday will work, says Richard W. And hopefully it's only temporary. Um, no, I don't know how long. It might be It might be a few months. It might be a year. Who knows? But it sucks because you want to have a show at a set time so people know 
okay, now I'm going to hang out in the Terror Buster uh, chat room, right? So if the way it is, it sucks. All right, so hit the like and the notification bell so when we do go live, you know, and we can, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. I, I'm not quitting, all right? <laughs> That's the thing. We'll, will we quit ever? I don't think so. I don't know if I'll ever quit until I'm, until they put me in the ground or wherever. But, because what other choices do we have? And I have to say, during this pandemic, I don't know what the hell I'd do without you guys, to tell you the truth. Looking forward to seeing you and to, and getting together, and even though it's just in this virtual atmosphere, it feels... It's something, right? And um, I do... And I love you. I do. I can't help it. You're just too damn lovable, guys. All right. Let's see. Yeah, never give up, Mark says. So we'll figure something out. Yeah, Friday will work, and we will continue the discussion on Discord, Mark says. Mark C says. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk. I'll talk to Mark, or uh, Mark M, our, mill our millennial correspondent. We'll come up with something. Maybe, like you said, Saturday, we could do a Discord check-in or something like that. All right. Yeah, we can't afford to quit, JD says. It's true, because uh, we have a lot of work to do. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to be with you guys. Hold on a second. I'm just, I see that I'm blurry again. My webcam is blurry. I don't know why. All right. So, oh, God, guys, I, I, I'm so happy I did the show. I was wondering if we'd have an audience today, if anybody would show up. <laughs> but already I see the chat room is filling up at youtube.com slash C for channel slash Towerbuster. So if you're any other platform, come to YouTube and hang out in the chat room. And, um, all right. What was that? Breathe. Sometimes I have to breathe. Okay, here, here, this is, I was getting pissed off before the show, believe it or not. This is what I want to talk about right out of the gate. It's on my mind. This goddamn thing. Oh, before I continue, while I'm looking for the video, please become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin to keep this show going and growing. And we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Give the show a good review on iTunes. That helps get us up in the whatever algorithm. And if people are looking for media, they might actually find this show or others like it. But hopefully this show, because um, the way it is now, they find C.J. Pearson and... Um, Charlie Kirk, all of those fascist monsters. And this is why we're in this boat, where the United States, for the first time in our very short history of being a republic, if we can keep it, the, the first time the United States is on a list of backsliding democracies. How come that's not on every goddamn ticker tape uh, in, in Times Square? That's, that should be the only thing going around in Times Square, right? The United States is now a backsliding democracy. Just put that on there. 
and or on every lower third on the corporate media. Of course not, though, because I mean, you I all right. All the words are trying to come out of my mouth at the same time. Okay, I have said that. I've I've made that that point to people who may not be as politically involved or aware as we are. And they don't even know. I say, did you know that the United States is on a list for the first time, is on the list of backsliding democracies? How come the American people don't know that? I find that appalling and also evidence of the decline the fact that the the American people don't know that the middle class is now below 50% of the population and falling. The American people don't know that, but what do they know? Um, I don't know, so just some bullshit, I'm sure. They know that the vaccine is, um, what, I don't know, possibly gives you a mad cow disease. I don't know. Uh, first of all, I was talking to, I was talking to my sister and, um, the reason I'm bringing this up is because she's not an anti-vaxxer. I've told you I've had some issues with my sister as far as her politics, because she doesn't know anything. All right. She only knows what her husband, soon to be ex told her. And he's a Republican. And, uh, she, you know, she don't, she's, she doesn't know. I mean, going to her house is like you, you're going into a, a, a black hole of no news. There's no newspapers delivered. There's no news on. She, I don't know what she does to get news. Uh, well, you know what she does. She overhears it. And she hears anecdotes. And then she tells me. And that's supposed to be on the on par with everything else uh with the four billion human beings who received the shot without incident and the all the world's virologists who went to school went to went to undergrad grad school they went to further education to get their doctorate and um as opposed to my sister who read a couple of memes you know and and my sister's not alone. So she was telling me, because I was asking her, did she get the booster? And, well, here comes the music. Hold on. I guess that's a cliffhanger. You probably know the end of the story. Hold on. This is Tara Devil. Be right back. So I asked her if she got the booster. She said she didn't get the booster because her doctor, now she, she has a doctor that she likes, and she... She said that the doctor got sick. He received the booster and he got sick. And because he's a doctor, he he was he went to other doctors and then they were all discussing, well, where did this sickness come from? She he got very sick. And then it and he ended up um I mean he's recovered now, but now they're all saying that he got sick from the shot and that's why my sister's not getting a booster. And I'm like Okay, the world's virologists say this, and your doctor has a story that may or may not be connected to the shot. And now, I mean, this is how this shit gets out there. I don't trust it. You don't know. They don't know. 
Nobody knows. This is what I keep hearing. Well, you know what? How come the United States stands alone with near a million deaths at this point? I mean, last, well, last show I said something about 700,000 dead, and I forgot. It's not 700,000. It's over 800,000 and counting. That's appalling, and we should be embarrassed. I know I am. I'm really goddamn embarrassed to be an American at this point. I don't know about you. Look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's enough. It's embarrassing enough to have a Trump. First of all, my God, that's an embarrassment. Really. I I, I don't know. And then um, on Twitter, someone, I was having some Twitter tiffs and said something about 800,000. Oh, because... <laughs> This is all related. We'll get into it. You know, de Blasio's leaving. He's, he, well, he's no longer mayor. We have a new mayor here in New York. And um, we'll get into the CNN rant in a minute. The drunken rant that some that we all had to endure. Hold on. And, uh, well, what was I saying? Fuck. Here it is. Here's the, well, we're going to talk about it. Um, and I said something about the 800,000. Oh, because somebody was like, de Blasio sucks. Uh, Eric Adams should undo the mandate. Because here in New York, you, you have to be vaccinated in order to go to a restaurant. And someone on Twitter was very upset. I want to go to a restaurant. Well, I know that needles are scary. But... Um, you gotta go if you want to go to a restaurant. It's not the, it's not your birthright as an American to go to a restaurant, is it? It's when you're infected or possibly and giving the coronavirus well, a host from which it can transform and mutate and infect others. So I want to go to a restaurant and not have to sit with somebody who does, who, can't do the or refuses to do the simplest thing to help his or her country get back to fucking normal we keep hearing how we want to get back to normal these whiners they want to get back to normal they want to go to a restaurant well take the shot and only in america do we have to go through this shit so I said something about, well, 800,000 Americans and counting would also like to go to restaurants, don't you think? But they're fucking dead. And then the response was, oh, that's highly over-exaggerated. Of course, he, um, he called me baby or do something condescending. It's highly over-exaggerated. Yeah, because everybody's lying to them. The whole world's lying to the, to the idiots. Everyone wants to track them. The, 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 it's, not a, it's not a worldwide pandemic. It's a ruse to get tracking devices into the arms of rednecks. So we know when they go to the meth lab uh, or where. I, I mean, who wants to track them? I know where they're going. Nowhere. They're boring. They don't get out of the a tri-state area, these idiots. They don't go traveling anywhere. They don't leave their homes half the time. Well, I don't know about the home. Uh, that's, they don't. They certainly don't 
get out much. That's the point. That's really true. And it's part of the problem because, well, the, the thing that can't be stopped, obviously, is progress. You can't stop time. You can't stop progress. And the fact is the world is a very small place right now, as we know, just doing the show. We have people watching the show now from all different countries. We know that. It makes the world um, a small place. So when the idiots, when the assholes and the fascists will, same thing, I know, they'll, when they spread their bullshit lies, like uh, saying how, um, uh, well, universal healthcare is, is like Nazism, the, the, the people who aren't, willfully ignorant no that's a lie young people know it's a lie because the world is a small place we could call we could talk to people in all different countries right now it doesn't matter you know you don't have to try that hard to to get a window into the rest of the world although we know republicans have no interest in seeing what goes on in the rest of the world because they have no intellectual curiosity. And therefore, that's why they vilify intellectuals and intellectual curiosity in itself. Ugh, it's so goddamn tedious, isn't it? So it's just annoying because how do you argue with that? You don't. You don't. You don't argue with... When the whenever a fact is presented, the retort is that's not true. Fake news. That's exaggerated. That's fake news. It's not true. They're like who is trying to manipulate you? No. Um, try. How about talk to some of these effing people who've lost loved ones. But you know what? Spare us, though. Uh, spare us the vi the Mia Copa video where you're like, I wish, shoulda, coulda, woulda had a vaccine. Can I get the vaccine now? That's what I keep hearing about well, with doctors. They're saying the people who are going to, who are, end up in the hospital aren't vaccinated. And they're asking, can I get the vaccine now? And sorry, it's too late. I, I just wish... They, if they don't want to get the vaccine, go. Good, good. Just leave us all alone. Go away. Have, have integrity like the Unabomber and go into the woods. You don't want to live. You don't want to play the, in, uh, the, by society's rules in a time of crisis. Then get the f out. Go. That's why I can't stand these pricks. They don't, they, they're whiners. And they are, they don't have the integrity of the friggin' Unabomber. Not that I, you know what I'm saying, but at least the Unabomber, when he hated society and didn't want to play in society's reindeer games, he's, he got his ass the f out of there. But, you know, bombs aside, of course, but... But that's the Republicans. They, they're, they're more deadly than the Unabomber, that's for sure. Because uh, the Unabomber didn't... How many did he kill? The Republicans, they're up to 800,000 and counting. Uh-oh. Here comes the music. I'm saying uh-oh because I see a Russian... Some Russian person is being rude. <laughs> 
somebody in the chat room we have a russian troll in the chat room that's the other thing a lot of these well mo many of them i haven't done a i haven't done a study myself but we know that these the the kremlin are, the, are well how do you say it are the kremlin are the uh, russian intelligence they're they're doing all they can to divide and conquer this country they're the ones making these memes. They're the ones saying they're lying to you. They're the ones. Because in order to have a functioning republic, if we can keep it, you have to have a level of trust. There has to be an agreement on truth and reality, right? Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. So, all right, and yeah, we're in we're in big trouble. Let me let me show you this video as a case in point. I don't know if you saw this guy, Andy Cohen, is his name. Hold on a second. He's just a white, whiny, privileged, rich white asshole. Yeah, his name is Andy Cohen. I don't know what he is. He's a commentator on on CNN. Co-hosting CNN, co CNN's New Year's Eve with Anderson Cooper, the Bravo Maestro. I, I don't know who he is. I guess he's on a reality show. And now he's a political pundit on CNN. Is this... Is that real? Well, um, the Bravo Maestro got obliter obliterated on booze and had more fun than pretty much all of America. Supposedly, this is what it says in Parade Magazine. Here, this is what, I mean, all right, let me just play it. Hold on a second. Where the heck is it? Here we go. Oh, something, Andy. Watching Mayor de Blasio. Oh, don't go on a rant. Do his don't go on a victory rant. lap dance <laughs> after four years of the, the crappiest as the mayor of New York. The That's only thing the that York. Democrats and Republicans can That's agree how, on I mean, is what is a horrible mayor he has he, been. Wow. So sayonara, sucka. Wow. 2022. I mean, it's a new year. Because guess what? I have a feeling of which, I'm going to be standing right here which. next year. And you know who I'm not going to be looking at? Dancing as the city comes aboard you. Um, that really ir irritated me because, okay, it's New Year's Eve. Fine. Why would you put a, uh, a drunken person on TV like that? And this, this, this annoys me on so many levels. First of all, the mainstream media, the corporate media sucks. And it's really the probably one of the primary reasons. I, I, I call it the primary reason that we're a backsliding democracy right now without a broken, greed-centered corporate media that isn't doing its democratic mandate, its small-D democratic mandate to inform the public so we have a functioning republic and we can keep it. They, 
that, well, CNN started the commodification of the news when for during the golden age of, uh, well, during the great prosperity, when the American middle class was on the ascendance, we had a media that had, well, it seemed to have a responsibility to the public. Edward R. Murrow, Walter Cronkite, these were national treasures who the American people knew when they were listening to Cronkite, they were getting the truth. There was none of this bullshit fake news or uh, somebody has an agenda. The agenda is democracy, you goddamn fascist pricks. That's what they can't stand. That's Republicans can't handle it. They hate democracy, so they want to get rid of it. And everything is commodified. They've taken the pillars of democracy and they turned it into just another scheme to make money. And that's why we're here. Because it doesn't matter. That's why the American people don't know we are a backsliding democracy. Shouldn't that be on the front page of every news? Really? Am I, uh, am I an alarmist here? Why? And, uh, I mean, and then you tweet and scream, and I do my, my dinky podcast and whatnot to try to cut through some of, some of the bullshit and maybe somebody will hear it and it'll make a difference who knows that's what we're doing but um how come that 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 is the to the eternal shame of cnn of the mainstream media of all of them the american people don't know basic facts about the decline of their of their form of government that so many that me, that many of their ancestors and relatives bled for and died for that's what it's so offensive to me not only um okay people are like, oh lighten up haha the guy was drunk well first of all there's so many things wrong with this clip who gets to show up to work drunk and then you get put on the air uh, only only a white, rich white man could get away with that. See, that's acceptable. That's acceptable behavior for a rich white man. If a female or someone who had darker pigment showed up drunk to work, and, um, and the ranting, a drunken rant that substitutes for political discourse or commentary. Now, this is, in, this is another level of why it annoyed me. And it's not just annoying. It's, it is another example of how, of the fact that we're a backsliding democracy. And why? Shame on them. Shame on CNN. For doing that, for putting a drunken white asshole on the air. And, and not only that, what, what did he offer? His commentary was Bill de Blasio um, is terrible. That, that's what substitutes for actual discourse nowadays. Nonstop name calling with no specifics. That's why we're dumb. So I, I'm asking... Who? Well, tell me. You don't like de Blasio. That's 
um, clear. Well, what policies don't you like? Is it the $15 minimum wage that we have now in New York, thanks to de Blasio and him running on it? I mean, obviously not just thanks to him, but you notice how um, Cuomo, he was somebody standing in the way of that until he realized the momentum was against him. And then he turned out to, uh, he had a whole press conference. Hillary Clinton was there and he signed the bill to, uh, you know, in spite of him, in spite of himself, because of the work we had done in de Blasio, <laughs> like him or not, he was on the forefront of that. He was progressive before it was cool, so to speak. And people don't like him because he's got a you know, an annoying at, uh, mannerism. This is what I hear. Like I, he doesn't bother me. I don't care. But I I just want to know. You're free to not like him, of course. But why? If it's just a personality, fine. You're that's fair too. But state it. Don't. He's terrible. Now the thing is, the rich. The one percent in the in uh, New York and in general, they don't like him because he's he ran on the tale of two cities thing that is is a real thing here in New York and everywhere else. This is a city for very rich people. And notice the people who work for a living who have to commute, you know, the people who who make the world go round. You know all the essentials. The ones that you go and clap for, they, uh, you know, it's, hold on, fucking, everybody's distracting me. Um, yeah, whatever. Uh, this is what substitutes for political commentary, calling somebody terrible, saying, uh, uh, what, what? I would like to know. And this is what happens on all, it seems to me, it's one of the things we talk about here, how irritating it is that, that there's no specifics ever. And it's a really one of the um, bugs up my ass. Not to give you that visual. Nobody needs that visual. Ew, gross, thinking about it. <laughs> Hold on a second. This is Terror Devil unapologetic liberal talk on New Year's Day 2022 oh my god and oh my lordy before I continue I just want to say guys what the hell I see a bunch of super chats where is everybody it's weird all the super chats aren't there on the list but I see Richard W thank you for your super chat and thank you, JD, for your super chat in pounds. Hello, Tara and people in chat. Richard W. says, uh, Happy New Year's and another great show, Tara. Thank you. Mark C., thank you for your super chat and for your support. And, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Of course. As always, Jim never, never fails to put the cover charge on the table and thank you Kunta Kinte for your super chat in pounds you lucky bastard 
I hope you have a couch big enough for all of us because we're coming over. It's so distressing. Now, you could say that the whatever went on with, on CNN, whatever the hell that was with this, this asshole, Andy Cohen. Tell us something, Andy. Watching Mayor de Blasio. Oh, don't go on a rant. Do his don't go on a victory rant. lap dance. See, <laughs> after four years of the, the crappiest term as the mayor of New York. What? What? I'm so confused. Can somebody explain to me what the problem is with him? Because I live in New York. I mean, yes, there's a problem with homelessness. Homelessness is out of control. But that's the problem in the United States. In fact, you know what's so distressing, too? A fr I was talking to a friend. This is a, obviously just an anecdotal um, example. But my friend who had moved recently and they were saying talking about their storage unit they had to go put stuff in the storage unit and they went to their storage unit and um there were an old couple an elder well older couple i don't know how old but an older couple and a cat living in the storage unit i guess near him or next to him and he was telling me how how upsetting it was that obviously they were living there and they had all their stuff in the storage unit and and the poor cat in the cage in the unit and what kind of a fucking country allows old people to live in storage units because that's not about them that's about us we should be embarrassed i know i am i'm ashamed the richest country on earth. And we let old people sleep in storage units with all their possessions. And God knows. It's disgusting. Because that doesn't have to be that way. So tell me. What, um, here's the thing. Wait. That's why I ask all the time, what is it? Well, what's the problem? You don't like it? You don't like, for example, socialism? You don't like socialism? Why? Tell me. Tell me the policies you don't like. Show me. Don't say, Venezuela, Venezuela, Venezuela. You fucking, oh my God. What? What about Venezuela? I'm sorry to yell. I know the... I know the microphone might be loud. Okay. Venezuela, Venezuela, that's all you hear. Or Nazis. I hate Nazis, Marxism, communism. Same, like it's the same fucking thing. So, here's an article from Vox. This is a, a year old. It says, why Bill de Blasio is so hated <laughs> and the author is Emily Stewart. She writes, he might actually be kind of good and we are all bad. That's what she says. Most people would not insist on working out 11 miles from their home. I mean, that's one of the things that's annoying about him 
he um, goes to work out every day. This is like little idiosyncrasies that irritate people about him. But this is okay. What would you do? I don't know. Um, what, what what would Chris, whatever the hell his name is, I mean, Andy Cohen do as mayor of New York. Uh, he was elected with 70, well, no, no, sorry, 67% of the vote. So policy-wise, de Blasio's record is strong. He's essentially delivered on everything he set out to do when campaigning for mayor. He delivered universal pre-K and expanded paid sick leave. Uh, that's why I ask him, what is it that makes him terrible, Andy Cohen? Is it the universal pre-K that you don't like, or is it the expanded sick leave? Or is it the fact that he, he reduced stop and frisk? What's that? I mean, he ran on that, too. And oversaw the city's uh, $15 minimum wage hike. New York's economy is strong and crime rates are going down. But obviously, we're, everybody's struggling. We're in a pandemic. Though homelessness remains a problem. De Blasio has steadily progressed up New York City's political ranks for 30 years. It was reelected with 67% of the vote. And uh, let's see, de Blasio's issue largely seems to be one of style. He can come off as sanctimonious, arrogant, stubborn, and preachy. Yeah, so, okay. If that's why you don't like him, say it. Don't say, it's terrible. Fuck him. This is the other thing. And then on Twitter, all the comments, like, like Meghan McCain, cheering him great this is epic epic ranch epic takedown really a drunken white privileged prick screaming that de blasio's terrible with no specifics that's a great epic takedown that's what that's what substitutes for political commentary here in this effed up dying democracy right that somehow, uh, this is all that matters. Name-calling, pejoratives, and um, your gut feeling. You don't need to have policy specifics. You don't need to explain yourself. Just yell some profanity, and we'll call it a day. And so CNN can sell some commercials. It's, it's so depressing. And... As we speak, the American people, who, who knows? Anybody know? But uh, the United States is a backsliding democracy? I don't know. To me, that's, that's pretty concerning. And now Betty White passed away yesterday, sadly. But she lived a good life. Good for her. Anyway, um, that's a sad thing. Betty White passed away. But did we need... Uh, wall-to-wall effing coverage for six hours or however I mean, they might still be at it i don't know i turned it off after 15 minutes i kept ch checking back in uh, do we need a constant reminder of a life well lived we'd all like that life well lived but it's so much easier to do six hours about betty white 
than it is to explain to the American people why um, it's not that why um, having a country where the American people can't save $400 or where 80% live check to check and the rich pay no taxes and um, people like Meghan McCain can inherit their daddy's trust fund tax-free, that that's not democracy, that that's actually the death knell of democracy. Nobody knows, we all know that Betty White... Uh, how many can tell uh, if I if I randomly po- polled, excuse me, not posed, polled Americans, I bet you they'd know that Betty White, um, something about Betty White. Betty White was 99. Betty White, who the hell knows? Um, random facts about Betty White. They'll, they'd know that over the fact that we are a backsliding democracy. And we should all be, we should all be alarmed. I know I am. Oh, they're still at it. Winston (laughs) on the chat says, yeah, they're still at it. Betty White, a life well lived. Good. Congratulations. I'd like a fucking life well lived too. Oh, here's another thing. Many things, as you know, there's many, many things. This is also therapy. I call the show Therapy for the Resistance. It really is. Because it's all connected. It really is. We're, we're divided in this country because we're, we're sick. We're, we have PTSD. They don't have the courage to unite us because greed is the only value that the American people supposedly give a shit about. Right? So on the last show, and I was explaining, well, sharing with you guys that I haven't been feeling well mentally, and I've been suffering from depression and feeling hopeless at times and whatnot. Well, not completely hopeless. I'm still here. And I shared because I know I'm not alone. I know that. And you guys confirmed it for me because I received a few emails and whatnot of, from people telling me that they're struggling too or, and they're suffering too. And I received a, an email from Kay Petrini, who what is, uh, he, she's a teacher, she's a, she's a friend, a supporter, a patron and also she was and my I'm I think she still is Mike Malloy's education correspondent and she has and she wrote um Kay's report card for Mike so I just wanted to read what she wrote Okay, she wrote, she wrote, Hi, Terry, listen to the first part of last night's program. I'm going to listen to the rest on my run later today. And I wanted to let you know that you are not alone in feeling so down, despondent, despairing, and depressed. And whatever other words apply, I'm in a similar place, having spent most of my winter break from school crying. Christmas barely registered this year, and Christmas Eve, after a small burst of energy, I went to our local garden center and bought a small Charlie Brown tree. 
I managed to put some lights on it, but no decorations this year. No looking through all the beautiful ornaments from my grandmother. No hanging my dad's childhood Donald Duck ornament and missing him. None of that. It would have required mental and emotional energy that I ran out of a long time ago. And even though we have five more days of winter break, I'm already dreading going back to school next week. I mean, dreading. We hear a lot about healthcare workers being burnt out. I could never have imagined working in that field before COVID hit. Thinking about what it must be like now gives me nightmares. Teaching isn't far behind, though. In my case, it's not about the school or my colleagues or the kids. I'm incredibly lucky to be in an amazing public school, and I know it. This goes beyond any individual school. The problem is education in this country, period. Because we lack a true social safety net, schools serve roles they were never meant to serve. Child care, nutrition, and mental health, just to name a few. This has led to ever-increasing and totally unrealistic demands being put on teachers to serve as a one-stop shop for America's children and youth. We're seeing the results of this now as teachers are leaving the profession in droves, either to pursue other careers or to retire. That leaves those of us who, are, who either can't or don't want to leave under that much more stress and strain. It's unsustainable. I don't know how much longer I can hang on. I need to, but I don't know if I can. Anyway, she writes enough about me. I saw this article in Washington Post this morning and confirmed what we already knew. The same people in this country are at a breaking point. The article focuses on the tragedy of one healthcare worker, but I think this applies to most of us. Not the suicide part, but the emotional despair and burnout. So the article Kay shared um, is about a, uh, a respiratory therapist who committed suicide. And it's, it's just one story, one, in, one, uh, one of many, I'm sure. And this is a, this is a problem. This is a tragedy. Why should we be in this boat? Because the United States is no longer the land of the free. We are the United States of serfs and lords. And we might as well be, I don't know, add to that something about being the willfully ignorant United States of serfs and lords. I've never seen more people so dedicated to their stupidity than in this fucking country. Is it, is it that, excuse my language, I shouldn't have cursed there. I should have just, I, I, it's just the frustration, you know, the, I guess the cursing makes me, it's sort of like a stress release, but it's lazy. Unreal. It's really true, though. Oh, here, wait, 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 hold on a sec. I'm, I'm looking for this one thing, this article I saw that pissed me off too, because it's, it's all connected. And let me see, where is it? Oh, it was just an article. It was on, it was in Huffington Post. 
and it was an article about all the things we can do to help our stress, right? Let me see. And I thought I'd share some of it. Or maybe I can't find, I don't know. What the fuck? There I go again, cursing. Hmm, let me see. Huff. <laughs> you guys can talk amongst yourself while I look this up. Well, whatever. There were a bunch of suggestions like... I'll just give you the, the rundown. There were some suggestions like... Burn some candles. Don't forget yourself. Put yourself first. Um, what else? Oh, make sure you drink plenty of fluids. Get plenty of sleep, too, because sleep can really hurt when you're hurt your stress level. And um, nothing in there about living wages, time off, family leave, universal health care, um, being able to save $400, save for an emergency, or um, just take a fucking mental health day. Oh, we don't have that. None of that there. That, I, I, I think that would help stress. Not being the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap. Not having to, to fight constantly. To fight, to, to cut through the stupidity and the ignorance of one... I mean, the American people are... There they are. Uh, you never, you will never go broke betting on the stupidity of the American people. But wait here. For example, earlier today, you you might have seen this. You know, Republicans are they need to divide the American people on, especially along racial lines. But it is about dividing the working people of this country because they know that if the working people ever truly get together, it's over for the autocracy. It's over for the 1%, the, well, not for the 1%, but it would be over for the, uh, for the autocracy, for the oligarchy. That's what they're doing. Don't be, don't make any mistakes or don't be distracted, confused, or, or don't think that you're in denial. They are, putting a, an autocracy together. They're, if, they have, if they're successful, this country will be like Russia. You know, few people or, or, or other autocracies. Just look all over. Look where democracies are turning into or falling to autocracy. That's what's happening here. You don't get on a list of backsliding democracies if, you're, if it's working. So, Representative Moore, there was a, she made a comment about the dignity of work. And this is a thing. The Republicans always want to talk about the dignity of work, the so-called dignity of work that they, because they don't want, they don't want to work. They want us to work. And they think that, they really hate the American people. And it's another case in point. They hate the working class. They hate us. Look at Joe Manchin. He literally just said it. 
He said he doesn't he he doesn't want the the American people to have a day off because they might go take drugs and go hunting. They might yeah they might spend it on drugs, but it's probably the drugs right now that they have, they're dying because they're cutting in half like diabetes medicine. What a disgrace! But so. Representative Moore said something about the dignity of work. And, of course, the Republicans pounced. And, in fact, where is it? Oh, here it is. I hate them. Mm. From the New York Post, a Rupert Murdoch rag that is destroying democracy. Betsy McCauley? McCaughey? I don't know. The Democratic Party is now the party of welfare, not working people, she writes. And that's always been their message. Divide and conquer. Why don't you just say black? Because that's what she means. And that's what they're doing. When they talk about welfare, they want you to think about brown people and um, taking advantage, right? Because they're all on welfare. That's the thing. Right-wingers, statistically, we know. We have the stats. We know that statistically that there are more white people as a percentage on public assistance than there are people who have darker pigment. Truth doesn't matter, though. We know that. So... She writes, Betsy McWhatever the hell says, the Democratic Party used to call itself the party of working people and hail the dignity of work. Who the fuck? The dignity of work. This pisses me off. As if working people don't know. We don't have dignity. We don't. We, We need to learn the dignity. And this is an old trope. This is a racist trope. And it goes back to, well, it's a it's a trope that um, slave people who were pro-slavery would use because, you know, um, they were just teaching the enslaved the dignity of work. What would they do without that? That's, um, That's not just me speculating. Look it up. Unlike other... um, people who get million dollar contracts I don't just throw shit out there without backing it up so here she writes Democratic Party um, used to hail the dignity of work no more now Democrats want to guarantee people who choose not to work an income funded by the suckers who show up for employment that's always been their mantra it's bullshit it's fucking bullshit and I meant a curse there I apologize but still this is a divisive tactic built on nothing but racist effing lies that's it. Divide and conquer. Don't fall for it. Don't be dumb. If you're a Republican walk passing through, don't be stupid. Because the you know who needs to be taught the dignity of work? Not you, not me, not, not uh, it's the 1%. They're the ones who don't want to work. They want you to work. They want to give you an applause, though, at 7 o'clock. Put it in an envelope. Put it in policy. 
Fortunately, these self-appointed... Wait, wait, here we go. Fortunately, these self-supporting Americans just dodged a bullet. The failure of Build Back Better to pass, thanks to Senator Joe Manchin, who is a hero to the fascists who hate America, means that the monthly checks or automatic bank deposits to parents with kids, sometimes dubbed Biden bucks, come to an end. Oh, well... They only lifted how many? Let's see. Biden child credit lifted millions. How many out of? I think it raised or lowered the poverty. Lowered poverty rate. Let's see. Yeah, cut poverty. What the hell? Doesn't say Biden's. Oh God, fucking Christ! I'm looking at. I'm trying to find out the exact stat, but of course you have to. You have to weed through all of the fascist lies. Here's one: Biden's child poverty progress isn't real. Yeah, don't believe your lying eyes or the numbers. It's not real. It's not real, everybody. Don't even bother then. And who needs to have policy or come up with anything or even have some logical retort to your uh, opponent when all you can say, well, all you have to say is it's not real. It's not real. That's it. Lazy, though, right? It's just... They don't even have to come up with anything imaginative anymore. So this this bitch from the Post says, For working people, the monthly payments were merely an advance on their tax refunds, but parents who choose not to work have been getting no-strings-attached money. To, their, to support their non-working lifestyles. Now, who the fuck is this bitch? They're non-working... Because the American people are just a bunch of lazy suckers hanging out in the social safety net hammock, according to these pricks. You see how much they hate the working class? They hate... That's why they hate democracy. Because democracy really is power to the slobs. Power to the, to the people. That's the slobs. They only want the right people, you know, the rich people, to have a seat at the table the way it was supposed to be. Always supposed to be that way. Then they gave the bitches the vote. For, well, first, the men of color, diff- of darker pigment, then the bitches got the vote. I mean, what next? The the 1%, they're taking care of this whole pesky democracy thingy. They never liked it. They never wanted it. They want the illusion of it. They need you to have the illusion of freedom. It's like the Matrix. While they plug you in and tell you and shame you. Well, if you, if you have, if you make the mistake of being a human being and maybe falling ill or something, then go and go die. Go die, buddy. You're not, you're not working? You don't know the dignity of work anymore? 
as if we're just hanging out here, that we have such a, an expansive and pervasive and generous social safety net here in the United States of serfs and lords, which we have, by the way, um, we, we don't. We have the worst social safety net in the entire OECD, well, West, uh, who knows, but the Western democracies, it's it's the worst because we don't have benefits that co- poorer countries consider birthright, like medical care, days off, shit like that. Oh, my God. So um, it's there, this whole dignity of work shit. This is what Republicans do, you see. They... Um, They'll take something that a Democrat says or a normal person says or a progressive says or democratic socialist, you know, normal person, and they'll, they'll conflate it, they'll confuse it, they'll make their, uh, their morons outraged. And what they're trying to do is th- divide the American people. They're tickling those racist funny bones. That's what it's about. That's what the whole welfare thing, their anti-welfare tirades, their lies, their dignity of work shit, their bullshit. It's, it's meant to tickle the racist funny bones. It is. Am I wrong? Prove me wrong. So here, I want to play... Where is it? Because Representative Moore, who was the person who said this dignity of, well, well, who criticized it? She was on um, the corporate media today, and every now and then, the truth gets out. Wait, hold on. Here comes the music. All right. I swear, this year, I'm going to paint this wall. Get rid of these CDs. (laughs) It's starting to be more than embarrassing. Might as well have eight track tapes up there now, right? And thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Another super chat. The 2022 sweary jar. Thank you. Sweary tip jar. Thank you. And thank you, Mary. I mean, not Mary. I thought I read your name wrong. Excuse me, Mark. Mark Hank. Mark H. Thank you for your super chat. I saw the M and the H and I thought... I read it as Mary Hawkins. It just came in my brain. But thank you, Mark. Thanks for being here, and thanks for your super chat. And everyone, thanks. Thanks for being here. We have a good crowd tonight. We have a lot of people like in the chat and watching in other platforms, so that's good. Who knew? New Year's Day. I thought everybody would be watching, binge-watching something to distract them from the decline of the American experiment. I don't know. Here. Here's Rep Moore. She's defending what she says, and I thought it was brilliant. Here. I want to play some sound that has gotten a a lot of traction, especially from conservatives. Um, Of course, because, see, it's gotten traction from conservatives because conservatives understand what she said. They know that. They know she was not telling people to stay home and not work. That's not what she was saying. But complex thinking, 
and um, they understand that their dupes are easily played. So they could doesn't really matter what the representative says or what the truth is. They will take that and they'll run with it like, uh, you know, like all of the other things that they run with to divide the American people. It doesn't matter what's true, what or what isn't. They saw an opportunity to to tickle those racist funny bones and divide the American working class. But here, this is how you handle it. Talking about the so-called, as you put it, as, as is put, the dignity of work, let's take a listen to what you had to say, and then we'll talk on the other side. I just want to close before my time is up to talk about uh, the so-called dignity of work. That's like hearing a, 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 a fingernail on a chalkboard. That's the same kind of rhetoric they've always used to describe the situation of welfare recipients. I mean, you're supposed to just go to work, take any old kind of job, even if you have no child care, you don't have a livable wage, you can afford transportation to the school, and no family leave, no time off. Right. So, so because of this, you've got uh, Betsy McCaughey, a former New York lieutenant governor, using the first part of that statement to call Democrats the party of welfare, call welfare recipients moochers. Um, I want to give me. you an opportunity to talk to me and talk to our viewers about what you meant there, about your own experiences, what contributed. Oh, and of course, you notice the pigment of the representative who said those remarks. That's another thing. The Republicans, when they saw that, that's like a rabid dog on a chicken wing. They're like, run with this shit. We're going to tickle those racist funny bones. Oh, baby. They, were, they probably were, uh, you know, pleasuring themselves when tweeting. It was so, they were so delighted to have this opportunity to divide and conquer the middle class yet again. Oh, not the middle class the working class slash working poor to you wanting to make clear that statement well let me start out by complimenting myself on that statement i meant every single word of it you know of course there's a dignity in work i'm sure you feel very dignified in your job i feel dignified in my job uh, and people who you know clean people's behinds in the nursing home uh, clean up their vomit, feel dignity too. And they ought to be able to be paid a decent wage for this dignified work uh, and not be told that they should just take any old kind of job, N not enough money to be able, as Reverend Jackson would say, to afford health care for themselves if they were to get sick, not be able to feed their children. You know, it costs money to go to work. You have to have your hair done. You have to have a, a shave and a haircut. You, you know, it costs $2 to get a Starbucks on your way to work. You know, and to say that the dignity of work is simply by being able to say, right. oh, I've got a job and not considering any kinds of work supports or decent salary is an insult. It's a way of maintaining uh, and keeping especially women and single women uh, at the bottom of the economic yeah. barrel. And, you know, to say you ought to just be glad to have any old kind of job That's and be it. glad if we're paying you $2.18, you know, to be a waitress and then supplementing it with tips. Uh, you should just be glad to have a job.
Now the rest of us feel very dignified because we're making six figures, but you, you go right. doing the dirty work in society and just shut up and be glad. Yep. And dare you make one dime above $13 an hour and we're going to take away your child care. We're going to take away food stamps. We're going to take away your health care. Uh, yeah, there's no dignity yeah. in being a slave. Yes. Yeah, and, and if you talk about the cost of child care uh, in this country, you're making barely minimum wage. Maybe you have two kids at home. How does that add up? How are you making enough money even to take care of those kids while you're at work? Um, exactly. Representative Gwen Moore, thank you uh, for that impassioned uh, moment with us. We, we appreciate it on this New Year's Day. There you go. She said everything. I mean, she really modeled what the response that what Democrats um, need to do when called out for shit like that. Don't back down. Don't don't say I, I misspoke. You say I'd like to congratulate myself again for making those succinct and obvious comments. And I'm glad that the right-wingers are all up in arms. It goes to show you that I'm correct. Because when they're whining, that means we're on the right side of history. Moochers. How much longer are we going to take it or hear this shit? They don't even have to come up with anything new. They don't have to come up with a new canard. They can go with the old welfare queen one or the moochers or the um, dignity of work bullshit. Somebody show them the dignity of work. Show Joe Manchin the dignity of work. How about the dignity of somebody on her way to this, her third uniquely American low-paying job who drops dead in her car because she had to cut her diabetes medicine in half. Show, tell her about the dignity of work. Somebody had to find her on the side of the road in her car. I mean, did they know about the dignity of work? What's so dignified about dying on the way to your third uniquely American low-paying job in the richest country on earth because we don't have health care? We have to have money. Your money or your life here. That's an outrage. The whole thing is an outrage. But that's how you do it. That's how Dems got to do. Don't back down. Um, if that were Obama or any other corporate Dem, they would be like, well, uh, I misspoke. Of course, they would never say anything like that. They would be the ones talking about the dignity of work. They'd be the ones adopting Republican talking points and running with them because they think that they're going to win by getting Republicans to vote for them. I can't stand it. And you guys know, we talk about it on the show, how, it's, how disturbing it is to watch the corporate media who are destroying this country how they go from one story about how Trump orchestrated January 6th, 
how Trump, you know, lied about the pandemic, how the Republicans from sea to shining sea are manipulating the voting rolls, are destroying democracy, small d democracy, on, on one hand. And then the next story is, can Joe Biden hold on to the Senate? Or can the Democrats hold on to the Senate or the House and blah, blah, blah? What's this mean for Joe Biden's agenda? Hey, it's not Joe Biden's agenda. We are, we're battling fascism. We have a fascist coup in progress and we're trying to prevent it from being successful. Can you, can you try to like, uh, work with us here? Corporate media? Really, after we save democracy, you can go back to being a bunch of greed-centered pricks who don't give a crap. Oof. Thank you, JLZJ, for your super chat. Happy New Year, Tara. Thank you for your brilliant show. Thank you. Let's get the majority in 2022. Disappear the CPAC slave senators. Absolutely. I hope so. I don't know, man. If we don't get the, get the, well, if we allow the Republicans to seize power illegitimately, we're, di we're done. The country's done. This is what I hear. And that's another thing on corporate media. You'll hear that. You'll hear that. You'll hear some of the pundits get that out and that'll slip through in the conversation but it's it doesn't seem serious when you're saying on one hand this is an existential threat to democracy and then on the other hand oh well uh will trump run again why why are you framing it like that they they actually they do more harm by uh, legitimizing Trump and the Republicans, rather than continuously calling them out for the anti-American, undemocratic fascists that they are. Here's an article I found that I thought was well written and succinct, but I don't have an author. It's from a blog called resilience.org, and there's no name on it. unless I missed it, but I'll read it and I'll read, well, we'll peruse it. It's called the United States an obituary. It was written in June of 2020. The United States was problematic from the start. It was founded on genocide and slavery. And while frequently congratulating itself on rights and freedoms uh, that it granted citizens, it never managed to confront the demons of its past. The question would rise would arise repeatedly, generation after generation, rights and freedoms for whom? Nevertheless, the immigrants who founded a nation on, stole, on a stolen continent managed to show up in the right place at the right time. The luck of geography and history insulated them from most wars in Europe while supplying them with vast forests, navigatable rivers, rich topsoil, valuable minerals, and much more including the world's most easily accessible coal, oil, and natural gas. The result, after a century and a half of wealth, 
accumulation and industrial buildup was global dominance. America invented and taught the world the magic formula of consumerism. Cheap energy plus advertising and consumer credit equals ever-growing levels of commerce, employment, tax revenue, and return on investment. The transformation of nature into quantifiable wealth via energy, technology, and capital investment and labor had never before occurred so rapidly and on a grand scale. The 20th century was, without question, the American century. After World War II, which was fought at a distance from the American soil, the dollar became the world's reserve currency, and there could be little doubt who was in charge even though politicians in Washington insisted that their nation led by example and shouldn't be thought of as an empire, any other nation's hesitance to adhere to U.S. rules resulted in a CIA engineer coup, an invasion, or economic sanctions. Tell me where we're wrong here. At least since the start of the new century, it's been clear that America's star is waning. The first sign of trouble came in 1960s and 70s as the pointless Vietnam invasion divided the country. U.S. oil production began to decline and Richard Nixon <laughs> devised the war on drugs as a strategy to incarcerate and disempower large numbers of African Americans. Prove us wrong. Financialization started turning America into a two-tier casino in the 80s, but the owner class never complained, and the renter class had no voice. More needles cost, more, excuse me, not needles, needless costly wars were to come under, the, uh, under George W. Bush, a clueless rich kid who wandered into the presidency via family connections. And a little help from the Supreme Court. The end of Bush's second term happened to coincide with the peak of world conventional oil production, the bursting of the financial bubble in the housing market, and the start of the global financial crisis. But the nation dodged these deadly bullets just barely. Bush's successor, Barack Obama, was charged with cleaning up the mess. As always, right? Democrats clean up. Republicans get in there. They smash and grab at everything. And uh, Democrats get in there and try to clean up. Not all Democrats, of course. This is why we're in this boat. <sighs> Obama was intelligent, articulate, and empathetic. And moreover, in his speeches, he appealed to values that united most Americans. However, despite hope from many progressives that his election would lead to substantive changes in the economy and the military and health care and environmental policies, Obama was unable or unwilling to break with the status quo. And I can argue that that's why we're in this boat. Yes, Trump was a backlash uh, against having a president of darker pigment, but the fact that Obama was not FDR opened us up to Trump because the Democrats, they, they didn't have to roll over for Mitch McConnell. And they continue to roll. They, they already, they roll over all the time. Even now, when we're talking about the Supreme Court, when they ask Barack Obama, not Barack Obama, President Biden about um, stacking the courts or packing the courts, 
Why doesn't the president go back at them? We're not packing the courts. We're unpacking it. They already packed it. The Republicans turned the court into yet another political football. And in spite of the fact that they're a minority party who receive fewer votes and represent fewer Americans who don't want what they're pushing on us, I'm sick of it already. These, these filthy fascists on the Supreme Court who have no honor and integrity, they, have, they don't. They hate America. They hate democracy. And that's why they went along with Mitch McConnell's dirty tricks. Otherwise, they'd say, no, thanks. I'm not, I'm not going to be part of your, your assault on democracy. No, but they, they don't like democracy. They never did. That's why Amy Coney, handmade bitch Barrett, is on the Supreme Court. She couldn't even wait for RB, R, RGB's body to be called. He, she wasn't even in the ground. How dare they? Her dying wish was that her seat be filled by the next, the person who won the election, the one who received the most votes, because the American people don't want what these fascists are shoving down our throats. I hate them. And you know what's going to piss me off even more? Because they're coming with this um, a ruling about open carry, open carry of guns so in new york we have we have tight gun laws or whatever and now the supreme court is going to come in and say that we can all carry on the subways and shit like that we'll just turn this country into a shithole even worse than it already is it's already an armed madhouse where the young people will have ptsd from the live shooter drills i have ptsd from their PS- ptsd disgusting they're disgust it's this you get it yet this is about saving democracy and stand up like we were just we just witnessed <laughs> we just witnessed um you know one of our representatives model that representative Moore. when when a republican attacks you you say great That means I'm doing it right. When they're whining, that means we're on the right side of history. Oh, bruh. So the uh, article continues. Barack Obama was charged with cleaning up the mess. However, despite hope for many progressives that his election would lead to substantive changes, crucially, he failed to prevent... Treasury and Federal Reserve officials from crafting a recovery that rewarded the investor class while further um, immiserating wage laborers. Anybody? That's what he did. Speculators now flush with bailout cash were eager to identify the next big thing. Many thought they found it in the fracking frenzy. Oh, brother. This is the end of the progressive part of the show. Progressive voices, excuse me, not progressive art. It's always progressive. We're on the right side of history. We we will win. That's all I can say. We're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. Happy New Year. 
everyone. My name is Tara Devlin. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin to keep the real liberal media going and growing. Remember, we will win. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. I'll see you soon. All right, we're back. Time just snuck up on me there. Mm, mm, mm. Shadow Star Ace on the chat says, Nevada is already like that. Nothing changed here with gun laws after the Mandalay Bay mass shooting several years ago. Yeah. I just hate these Republicans. You notice how they're they're constantly whining about how we we want to shove shit down their throats. That's one of their things. Always shove somebody's always shoving something down their throats and I know calling Dr. Freud get in here Freud and have a field day with these efforts. Everyone's always shoving it down their throats. But when we're shoving it down their throats, we're talking about health care, $15 minimum wage, days off, retirement security, living wages, you know, shoving it down your throats that they love. Like, oh, you know what we shoved down their throats? Their pre-existing conditions protections. I remember sitting in uh, these town halls and these whiners were freaking out, screaming and yelling. Now they're like screaming and yelling for their pre-existing conditions protections because they're children, they're babies, little babies who want all the benefits of recovery and not the, of, of, uh, of civilization. And they want, they don't want to do any of the work. They don't want to do any, they don't want any of the responsibilities. Right. It's true. That's why they're like, I want all my pre-existing conditions protections, but I don't want the mandate. No mandates. You know why Republicans are all about, well, no mandates? It's because they're really, what they're saying is no unity. They like to say mandates. Because they're like, you can't tell me what to do. Well, how come all over the fucking world everyone's doing what they're supposed to do. You can't tell me. They're, they're just contrarian. That's all. They have no alternative. B- just being um, uh, an asshole isn't a policy. Just being somebody who's like, no, that's not a policy. Well, it is for them, I guess. <sighs> but all over the world... How come we're the only country, let me see, um, where, you know, nearly a million are dead? And what's it going to take? Maybe a million? You want maybe two million? Is, are you going to believe it? No, they won't believe it. Unless they see 200 million corpses, I mean, uh, two million corpses, but even then, fake news, fake news, fake news. I hate them. You can't win with this there's there's no winning because they are there they refuse to even they they refuse (laughs) they don't want to they don't want a democracy i don't even know how to say it anymore can we all get to the point where 
we don't have to pretend that Republicans are um, working for a democracy. They don't want a democracy. And no, corporate media, it's not court packing when we're trying to fix what was packed. We're fixing the corruption. We're trying. Well, not yet, but that's why I can't stand with these Democrats. Stop apologizing. Don't use Republican talking points. And when they try to put these talking points on you, you correct them. Don't let them lay there on the floor like a like steaming pile of Republican poo, which stinks even worse than, than the poo of normal people. God. I hate them. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example, what does she say? She's talking about divorce. You know, she wants to break the country up. I, I don't, I talk about the same thing, but I just want her out of here. Can we do that? Can we tell, can we kick her the hell out or get her out of here and just tell her um, we're divorcing her? So, I don't know. Let me read this article. It's from Desert News. It says, this is an opinion by Jennifer Graham. Of all the dangerous rhetoric poisoning our national discourse, one conversation stands out as especially noxious, 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 whatever. It's the one involving the word divorce as a solution to ideological polarization. Representative Marjorie Taylor Two Toes is the most recent firebrand to throw out the word musing on Twitter about what would be possible with a national divorce, meaning the dissolution of the United States into a Crayola-inspired republic of red, blue, and purple. After furious backlash, Green walked back the tweet, seemingly blaming others. There you go. Because of the party of personal responsibility. They never take responsibility for them for anything saying it's sadly a popular idea with Republicans and justifying such talk by suggesting that the threat of divorce is a healthy form of conflict resolution. It's a wake-up call to one of the offending other that they've had enough. Fuck you. Marjorie, we've had enough. We've had enough of you, Marjorie, and your antics and your lies and your toes. That's bad enough. The toes are bad enough. Somebody with toes like that should not be walking around barefoot. Right? It's it's just human decency 101. Nobody wants to see your toes, Marjorie. You You didn't learn that? You didn't learn that, right? Nobody taught you well. Clearly. It's just rude. Nobody wants to see your toes. Same thing, like, we don't want um, to see... This is... I, I, I never understand how anybody could cut their nails on the subway. I've seen that numerous times. Cut their fingernails. Never seen the toenails yet. But it's the most disgusting thing. Other things go on on the subway that are very disgusting, as you know. But that alone, 
should say, if somebody's doing that, there's something wrong with them. Clearly. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, if you're, you're in politics, you're supposed to be in the public eye or in public relations, and you don't know that nobody wants to see your toes. Anyway. Well, it's another example of how Republicans, they're, they, uh, they don't have, they, they lack the ability to self-assess because that's, that, that it takes maturity to do that. And, you know, why would they, why would they even take a minute to look at themselves because they're perfect? We all want to see their stinking nubs that they call toes. Yeah, right. Okay. In this exchange, Green revealed her ignorance about effective relationship management. Most family therapists say divorce should never be used as a threat. That doing so is the equivalent of throwing gasoline on a, on a grease fire. In fact, some long-married couples say that one of the secrets to a forever marriage is banning the word divorce from the, the collective vocabulary, which makes sense. Because if you're in general, you, you should never be like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. Because that's like, you know, you can't build trust that way. There's no trust if you're always on the way out. If divorce is not an option, then divorce is not an option. The thinking goes, when you run up against trouble, you find ways to work it out. Crack the divorce door open just enough for one to peek out and you run the risk of, um, of course, wait, where is it? It moved. Run the risk of opening it wide enough for the two of you to run through. Maybe Green doesn't know this. She's been married for nearly 25 years and since, well, she's also cheated on her husband numerous times openly. So... I don't know what's wrong with her husband. Guess he's got to be a piece of work. He might like those toes. Somebody for everybody, I guess. And I sincerely hope that she and her husband celebrate their 50th. But speaking on behalf of America, the real estate and the ideal, it's time for Green and others to stop with the divorce talk. Just a few months ago, Texas Senator Ted Cruz made headlines when he said if Texas were to secede from the union, podcaster Joe Rogan would be a great president. You hear these people? Joe Rogan would be a great... (laughs) That's how much they hate America. Because they distill it down to this caricature that actually doesn't have to function. You just need to be able to call somebody fat on Twitter or do a podcast. Right, Ted Cruz? And pretend you're working. And when your state's in a crisis, run, fuck off to Cancun with your wife. Scums. Joe Rogan would be a great president. Oh, Ted. Because you love America, right? Who would say that? Who? This is a senator. And, you know, we have a lot of problems in this country. Uh, Being sophomoric and stupid is one of them. 
I think Joe Rogan would be a great president. Oh, you fucking lick spittle. You embarrassing scum. I, I can't. I don't know how much longer I can take it. It was a joke, apparently. <laughs> Cruz also said that if Texit were to occur, then I think we would take NASA and we take the military and we take the oil. <laughs> God. I hate them. Funny, yes, just like the t-shirts that say Texas most likely to secede. But they're less funny when you learn about House Bill 1359, which was filed in Texas earlier this year and sought to put secession on the ballot. I, I, I don't know. I'm not... I don't know. Maybe I'm not seeing all sides i don't see i don't see us surviving without breaking up and i i would rather get them the f out of here go but well i don't know i don't think it's happening anytime soon so we're just talking here but without something really bad happening see the only way the republicans are going to wake up at this point is if they are um, vilified. Well, as if, you know, here's the thing. They always say how we're not fascist because we don't have death camps. And that's debatable. But um, is that what it's going to take? Do we have to get there? Do we have to get to that point of death camps where fascism is where there's other, more crimes against humanity that we have to atone for? Is that what it's going to take? Do, do we have to hit that bottom? Because I thought maybe we already did hit bottom. I thought January 6th was a bottom. Clearly it's not. I thought when Barack Obama was, well, not, not, not Barack Obama, when we, when, the, when Mitch McConnell stole the, a Supreme Court seat, more than one against the American people. He stole it from us, not from Obama. We elected Obama twice in two landslide elections to fulfill his constitutionally proscribed role to, to uh, nominate a Supreme Court justice. And Mitch McConnell said, fuck you, American people. And that's how it should be framed. But what does the corporate media do? The corporate media says nothing. Well, they in between saying Mitch McConnell um, violated a norm or crossed a course crossed a norm, undoing norms. No, it's not undoing norms. It's an assault against democracy. And right after they say Mitch McConnell. Um, violated some norms. They go right back to the business of normalizing the Supreme Court justices who are illegitimate. They're all illegitimate. And they all lied. That's another thing. They all lied under oath. Talking about precedent. 
Now they're coming for Roe v. Wade, and it's going to be overturned. They didn't do this for 30 years. They didn't try to destroy democracy for 30 years and try to pack the courts with their fascist flunkies like all fascists do. They didn't do that to say, oh, we're going to take a mulligan here. They're after democracy. And if that means destroying a, the freedom of the American people to be able to choose whether they bring a pregnancy to term or not, for whatever reason, it's none of your fucking business. Excuse me. <laughs> I know, obviously, I'm battling myself here. Unreal. So, the article about this secession, not the TV show. Oh, no, that's succession. <laughs> this is secession. Funny, yes, just like the t-shirts that dub Texas most likely to succeed, but secede, it's not a joke. The article continues, growing up in South, in South Carolina, the first state to secede from the Union, I know a lost cause when I see one. Yet the casualness with which a national divorce is being bandied about should concern people of all political ideologies, as should the uptick of people who consider it a reasonable idea. Earlier this year, the Center for Politics at the University of Virginia found that 41% of people who voted for Biden and 52% who voted for asshole, uh, the con man, somewhat agreed that blue states and red states should form their own countries. Increasingly, there's talk of America as a failed experiment. Yeah. What do you think? While blithely ignoring the new and catastrophic set of problems that would derive from the from the disintegration of the country. As the National Review editor Rick Lowry wrote for Politico, the deleterious effects of a breakup would be enormous. A what is this? disaggregated United States would be instantly less powerful. Good. Indeed, Russia and China would be delighted. Well, I don't know. Well, that's debatable. Of course they would, um, like the dissolution of the United States. But I don't know if we're that powerful now, being um, an anti-democratic, backsliding democracy where you can't save $400. And the American people, 80% live check to check, can't retire. Well, one-third can't retire. 80% live check to check. But um, I don't know. Let's see. Among the catastrophes you would wish on an adversary, secessionist movements potentially leading to civil conflict are high on the list. Lowry also warned that the economic fallout of a national divorce would be severe and that for those who could look beyond their own narrow interests, the cause of democracy worldwide would suffer. They don't care. We can save democracy and save ourselves by cordoning off the diseased part. Isn't that what you would do? If you have a disease, if you have cancer, wouldn't you want to lance that boil and get it the fuck out of here? 
And then they can look at, hey, they can walk around. They can have Trump as their king. They can have guns. They can all walk around like like they're living in, uh, what, the, the like, like it's high noon at the OK Corral. They, look at that. Hey, you're free. No health care, no government schools. Look at that. Taxes for the rich, just taxes. You just pay your taxes and goes right up to the rich, goes to the rich, and you can have your militias, right? You don't need a you don't need a national guard. You could activate the proud prick militia. I don't know. And here in normal, in the normal part of the United States. We could have a democracy, health care, living wages, days off, retirement, you know, like the rest of the world. All right. Let's see. In fact, talk of a national divorce while we're at the threshold of our 250th anniversary seems much like a couple of that announces a separation on their 49th year of marriage. Who cares? It's not so much of a failure of the marriage and an entity that had endured for so much, but a failure of individuals. Who cares? Talk of America failing isn't new, blah, blah, blah. In particular, George Washington thought that partisanship would end America. Thomas Jefferson believed the end would come from sectional divisions and conflict over slavery. Alexander Hamilton, a weak federal government and john adams the lack of virtue among citizens he said there are there is so much rascality like rascals so much venality and corruption so much avarice and ambition such rage for profit and commerce adams wrote well what's changed there is indeed much rask rascality afoot some of it within the halls of Congress, more of it on Twitter. But 246 years after Adams rude the citizenry's character, America and its ideals still exist. Here we go. Here we go. Now we get the, um, the patriotic talk, right? The patriotic pep talk. Here we go. Um, despite the rascality... 246 years after Adams rued the citizenry's character, America and its ideals still exist independent of bickering voices. So you say. Hmm. What the heck is going on? I'm looking for my something here and I can't find it. Oh, I thought I had some patriotic music. I was trying to find it to play. That's why I need a, I need a goddamn, I need a producer up in this bitch. Let me see. Whatever. Beep, 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 beep. That's what I was looking for. That's not it. Oh, well, whatever. All right. 
preventing a national divorce and its devastating consequences is actually quite simple. Stop seeing divorce as an option. All right. Ask others to stop using the word and close the door. Okay, great. That's it. We're done then, right? Oh, hi, Tara Jr. Jr. Hi, honey. How you doing? You can sit there. Just sit and be nice. Don't step on anything. No stepping on the keyboard. No stepping on nothing. All right. All right. Good. Oh, my God. What? What the hell is going on? I just had a heart attack. Greg. What the heck? My God, Greg just gave the super chat of the century. And I don't even know what to do. I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> My God, Greg. Well, Greg, um, send me an email at tarabustermedia at gmail.com with your name and address. And I can, I'll send you, I'll send you a mug. I'll send you a Tarabuster mug. I'll send you a resist mug. Then I'll send you a t-shirt or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I don't even know what to say. That's, you made my, my day, my year probably. Oh my God. Wow. Thank you. And honestly, I'm blown away because I can't believe that, um, I mean, not only the generosity, it's not that I can't believe it. I just think I'm just blown away that you guys that you know you're investing in the show and thank you because <laughs> that's that's incredible oh my god thank you thank you thank you say, see say hello junior wow happy new year t-buster hardy hardy I am still and always shall be your number one fan. Oh, this is Greg. Our old pal Greg, who I don't know what happened to you, Greg. Where the hell did you go? I was worried about you, kid. And now you're, I'm glad you're the, you're back, number one fan. Man, oh man, oh man. Nice to see you. Very glad to see you. It's like old home day here. We wondered where you were. Right, Haiku? I actually asked Haiku, too. What the hell is going on with Greg? Right, Junior? You hear the way he talks to me? Anyway, did you hear? Like He just has a... Um, he's very... He's very sharp with me. <laughs> he's like... Like yelling at me. Why do you yell? Why are you yelling? Wow. Well, anyway, I see that. I don't know what happened. Poppy was might have called in, but she did not. Something probably happened. I had I opened the phones, but then I forgot to mention it. But nobody called in last time anyway. 
Oh, no, no, that's not true. Mark, our millennial correspondent, called in. All right. I don't even know what to say. I'm looking at the time. The time is ticking down. And let me see. What do you guys think? Am I wrong? Do you think that we we um, can survive? <laughs> Andy for mayor, <laughs> Drew Simmons says. Chris on Facebook, Happy New Year. Nice to see you. And nice to see you, Drew. Happy New Year, Tara and Fur Babies. Right back at you. Hmm. Where's the other thing I was going to talk about? <laughs> Why are you screaming at me, Junior? And thank you, Shadow Star Ace, for your super chat. And thank you, Haiku, for your super chat. Mm. Well, I hope we get to the point where this is one of the things um, when you're watching corporate media and they're they're talking about people and po they never talk. It doesn't seem to me that they're talking that they talk about policy. Hold on, Junior. Stop it. I had to get away. From Look, did you see that? I can't take it. Junior, I'm, the show's almost over. Give me a minute. Oh, fuck, he's back. He's back. Well, anyway, the thing that annoyed me, we were talking about earlier, and um, when I hear uh, Kay Petrini, for example, when I hear, when she reached out to to say that she's also feeling down i mean how can you not in this time that's the other thing and i wonder and I, this is one good thing i guess if we want to keep it hopeful i do think that we will i don't know if we've reached it but but i think we'll reach a point where we will be sick of the cruelty right the cruelty is the point of Republicans, of conservatism. The fact is, um, that's the truth. <laughs> I came across this article on the American conservative. And what do they say in response to the article? Uh, remember the article, Adam Serwer's famous essay? Uh, it was basically, I think that will go down in history as sort of a defining um, article or just the defining umbrella of that will the term that we will remember this period in American history will be cruelty. The cruelty is the point. And the Republicans were really upset about that. In fact, this article in the American Conservative is titled The Cruelty Was Never the Point. Because, you know, fake news. I say blue, you say no. I say left, you say no, right? It's fake, right? Fake news, fake news. Just say no, just say it's, it's the opposite of what it is. So Adam Serwa's cruelty 
is the point is the most this is what this person writes an american conservative is the most toxic piece of journalism of the trump era and this was written not it was only in the summer june after the shocking election of 2016, the liberal establishment showed glimmers of willingness to ask hard questions about how it, how it happened. If millions of Obama voters were now switching their allegiance to the reality show billionaire, which is bullshit, he's not a billionaire. Again, thank you for, and I say that in quotes, thank you for um, enabling the bullshit. Why do they have to report that, Right. If this were a functioning journalist right here, this Helen Andrews person, they wouldn't just repeat Trump's bullshit. Trump says he's a billionaire. Um, they should put that in quotes. He's not a billionaire. We, we prove it. Prove it. Perhaps. Uh, so anyway, perhaps the Democratic Party had done something to ill serve these people. This is what she's saying, meaning the Democratic Party um, turned away to ill-serve the, the people who went from Obama to Trump. Well, yeah, they did. The Democratic Party ill-served the people by trying to have their cake and eat it, too. Trying to be the party of Wall Street and Main Street, right? Wall Street and Main Street rise and fall together. That was another thing that would drive me insane, during the Obama years, how he had to constantly tell us or, or assure us that Wall Street and Main Street rise and fall together when we know that's bullshit. Yet again, they knew it's bullshit, but they want us to believe it. So we go back to work so we can get some dignity of work despite not having living wages, health care, retirement securities or day off, days off. And they can applaud us at 7 p.m. So goddamn trite. And, pa and patronizing. And honestly, how much longer? How much longer? Huh, Junior, how much longer are we going to take it? Hmm? I know. Let me see. Then came along, um, Seward came along in the Atlantic to tell them that, no, Trump voters did not have any legitimate grievances. They were all racists. Simple as that. Now, um, it's a little bit more complex, but yeah, you're kind of, all, you kind of all are. Give me, like I said, five minutes and your ability to be honest. I know that's a stretch and I'll get to the bottom of it. You're racist. You have problems with people who have darker pigment. Either you're a coward, you're afraid of that they're going to take something you have. It's because you've been thoroughly propagandized and divided to think that you have more in common with people in the 1% who don't give a shit about you than you do with people who have darker pigment, who may be a little uh, lower on the ladder few rungs lower perhaps or even higher but they want you to think that you have nothing in common with them and that they're taking and taking and taking and you know black lives matter and you're like all lives matter they want you to do they want the american people divided 
we all know that we won't be able to have a functioning democracy if we're at each other's throats. Fucking Junior! Enough. He's like knocking over the... He almost knocked over the coffee. My name is Tara Devlin. Oh my God. We have a lot of work to do. But we will win. We're on the right side of history. That's right. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. We stick together. We win. Happy New Year, everyone. Keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work it, you're worth it, and live it. My name is Tara Devlin. Become a patron. Patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. I'll see you soon. I gotta fix that. Oh my god. Where's this? Let's just read the end of this. <laughs> Everything's broken. So let's see. They're very they're triggered by this article because it's true. The cruelty is the point. And they've even said it. Remember when Trump shut down the economy? or shut the government, not the economy, shut the government because, um, you know, he wanted to uh, seem like a tough guy. Shut it down. Shut it down. That's how much they hate America because the founders rebelled against an intergenerational aristocracy and monarchy to create the thing they want to shut down, shut it down. Oh, fuck. I hate them. The phrase took on a life of its own. Politicians from presidential candidate Julian Castro to the squad started using it. Do these five words define the Trump years? And it asked Brian Seltzer on CNN. Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Now Surwer has published a book under the same title. You might think the 2020 election, which saw Trump gain black and hispanic voters oh boy you mean black and hispanic people can be triggered by divide and conquer tactics too you mean it's not everybody's not the same gee funny though how over 90 percent of people with darker pigment don't vote republican But you know what Republicans say about that? That's because the Democrats give them free stuff like welfare. And clearly, yet again, I don't know why Democrats don't listen to this show and take when they when they say when the Republicans say shit like that, say, well, um, thanks for showing us yet again that. The, the same old racist tropes never die. And conservatives really only have one bag of dirty tricks that they continue to recycle. Because, yeah, that's the old, that's the racist trope that used to be employed on enslaved people uh, or abolitionists the, the, to justify holding people in, in bondage. Which is teaching them the dignity of work. And what would they do? It, without, uh, um, if the Democrats weren't giving them free stuff, obviously people with darker pigment are so uh, lazy inherently that 
you just got to throw free stuff at them. And they, they sit around on, in the social safety net hammock. Because it's like, that's who they are inherently. This is what the Republicans are saying when they, when they say things like that. When they say, oh, Democrats are just giving, giving free stuff. That's why people with darker pigment vote Democratic. Well, I don't understand why the Democrats don't explain this to the American people and shame these filthy fucks. Bring, bring it out into the open. Say, what are you saying? You're yet again, even when you're arguing, your arguments are racist. And you don't even realize it. But who does? They don't realize it. It seems to me maybe the Democrats don't realize it because they don't seem to know how to argue. Or it's not even an argument. You're just pointing out the truth. That's the same old shit that they said back in the 18... Whatever. Well, back since whenever. Since back when slavery was legal. So, looking at the title essay, fresh two and a half years after it was first published. Oh, she, she must, she's really triggered by it because it's true. One is struck by how offensive it is and how little justification. It opens up with a lynch mob saying, quote, grinning white men stand next to the mutilated half-naked bodies of two men lashed to a post on the street, writes Sewer, describing an old photograph. He leaps from this haunting image to a Trump rally where he detects the same rejoicing in the anguish of those they seem as unlike them. Yeah. The, right? When, as I was saying, when Trump shut down the, the government, there was an article that came out where um, a woman was quoted as saying, he's not hurting the people he needs to be hurting. Well, it's not just her, not like one person. She said the quiet part out loud. That's it. Republicans are cruel and hateful and have nothing but anger and hate. That's why they lack the ability to function in a democracy. So they're destroying it. They hate the American people. They hate brown people. They hate people with darker pigment. They hate anybody who's not like them or who, even if, even if you have darker pigment, you're, you're okay if you recognize the white patriarchal power structure. That's it. That's your, that's your admittance into the conservative hellscape. You have to be, you have to uh, accept their, their hierarchy. Willingly, eagerly, and know your place. And if you're a woman, you have to be an, a horrible person. They, they can take you as a woman, as a, as a leader, in a position of leadership, only because you're a means to an end. Only if you um, are a, as disgusting, you have to be even worse than the typical Republican male. You have to shoot, and you, wanna wanna, you have to want to shoot animals from helicopters. You want you, no compassion, no uh, what is considered traditionally female characteristics, even though we all share them, like compassion and, you know, 
caring, all that. They think that's weak. Well, that, that's because they're weak. They're sick. They're disgusting and sick, and they need help. They need to get the help they, that they, they desperately need instead of inflicted on us. That's what they do. It's easier to inflict their manias on the world than it is to get help. Because getting asking for help requires courage. It also requires maturity to be able to assess yourself and realize, like, hey, honey, the problem's coming <laughs> from inside the house. We trace the call, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and it's coming from inside your your mind, your mo <laughs> and your toes. But that's that's a different story. Where is it? Oh, yeah. His evidence for this incendiary claim is a rather hasty list of talking points, very few of which live up to his ten, his, uh, the uh, cruelty bidding, billing, excuse me. He accuses Trump of seeking to ethnically cleanse 193,000 American children, which refers to his not renewing temporary protected status for Salvadorian refugees marking Puerto Rican accents shortly after thousands were killed and tens of thousands displaced by Hurricane Maria. Yeah. Server tells us that he first came up with this signature phrase after watching Trump mock, I mean, mock Christine Blasey Ford, a woman whose only crime was coming forward to offer her story of abuse at a rally during the Kavanaugh confirmation. Curiously, he never quotes any of this mockery directly. Looking at the hyperlink, we've seen it, honey. She's justifying the mockery. She's saying, he does, you know, he didn't mock. He, she, he, he never, uh, he never was see, as evidenced by the point by the fact that he's not able to quote the mockery. We saw this. How do I get home? I don't remember. How do I get there? I don't remember. Where is the place? I don't remember. How many years ago? I don't know. What neighborhood? I don't know. Remember this? This is Trump. Where's the house? I don't know. Upstairs. Where was it? I don't know. I don't know. Like, fuck you. The most traumatic period. The most tra One of the most traumatic events in this woman's life. I mean, and I think something happened to her. I just don't think it was uh, Kavanaugh who raped her. Yeah, how would you know when you're in the most traumatic event of your life and everything is seared into your consciousness for time immemorial? And, um, how would you know? You're just a woman. Hysterical. Lie back and enjoy it, right? That's all. Not that Brett Kavanaugh hasn't lied under oath and where who paid off all of his gambling debts. We've yet to find the answer to that. Or how about the bullshit sham FBI investigation that never happened into his sham illegitimate nomination? God, don't even tell me. And then they're like, will we ever be able to... Um, come together. Meanwhile, I, I, all I'm thinking about now is when he was, when this Kavanaugh asshole was 
in the hearing that the display of white privilege uh and they went to staten island some corporate i think it was uh not corporate well yeah one of these corporate media outlets they were on staten island and they were interviewing people and staten island is very fascist filled with fascist idiots I, i live there trust me there's a lot of morons there and um they interviewed this woman working in a deli and she's like oh it's terrible what they did to him yeah he's the victim this rich white frat boy who's um somebody was his his past behavior of uh it was catching up to him and he, he was interfering with his constitutionally i guess proscribed um job on the supreme court <laughs> lifetime appointment to lord over the rest of us for time immemorial and in spite of the fact that you lie to everybody's faces right they all did that they respect precedent and that roe v wade was a super precedent one of them said one of these pricks said but meanwhile here they go, fixing the facts around the policy yet again. But why is Joe Biden packing the courts, everyone? How ca- it's just so wrong to do that when an autocrat is so close to drowning democracy once and for all. All right, guys, listen up, listen up, listen up. We got a lot of work to do. <laughs> so um i don't know i'm gonna we're gonna go right now show's over i think what do you think how's everybody doing just want to check the check the chat hmm <laughs> you guys are funny all right yeah, we have more to talk about. I'm a, uh, The reason I'm hesitating is because if I start, I'm going to be on the air for another hour. So I think we should end it here and we'll pick it up again in a couple of days. What do you think? Hmm? Everybody, is that okay? So we can all enjoy the rest of the evening. What's the, well, while we're just shooting the shit anybody see any good oh i watched that show you guys were recommending don't look up was it you guys who telling me this it was great go right and also sad that that's how you have to get the message out it was co-written by david sirota and obviously uh leo dicaprio is big environmental climate change activist and um please uh it was great (laughs) and so it was funny it was great to laugh at this at this society this effed up society and it was awesome to watch um uh meryl streep as a trump-like president with the chief of staff the her son clearly donald trump 
and and uh, his undeserving trust fund brats. But then also she had her the Oval Office. I mean, it was just great. Pictures of Nixon, portraits of Nixon, and then she had a on the shelf. <laughs> Her book, obviously, was like, win, 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 win. Like the art of the deal. Denigrating and cheapening everything about this country. Making a a mockery out of everything that's decent. That's what they did. That's what Republicans did. And this movie ca- captures it brilliantly. And how people don't uh, give a shit, really. They care more about celebrities, who who celebrities are dating, than they do about the future sustainability of life on the planet. God, and it's funny because it's true. You know, it's not just, you know that would happen. That's what's happening. Are we, are we going to make it as a species? My God. Okay, we'll talk about more. We'll talk about that more later. Yes, Mark C. on the chat says, the corporate media hated it because the movie lampoons them too. They did. It's really getting word of mouth. And in fact, I think you guys mentioned it to me and other, I was in meetings online and 12 step meetings. You guys know I go to meetings, so who cares? Not that, I mean, I'm not supposed to say that, but it's too late anyway. But I was in uh, some meetings and people were talking about it there too and recommending it. So that's good. But also, um, sad that it has to get to that point. Anyway, it's true. And it, I found that interesting, but not unexpected, how the corporate media is not really, they're not giving it good reviews. So it's the people. I don't see how, why they wouldn't give it good reviews. It's great. But you're right. The corporate media is... Um, getting nervous. The people are catching on. That's the problem. That's their biggest fear. And it's like, it's exactly why they, um, like the article, the cruelty was not, is never the point. Yes, it is. Or is that just a, a benefit? Just a happy accident for you guys. Ugh. All right, so, yeah. I hope some Democrats with some power listen to the show and figure out, well, take take our talking points, take them. That's why we're talking about them. We need you to take it and run with it. Patriotic imperative, all right? Stick with that. Taxing the rich, that's a patriotic imperative. Universal health care patriotic imperative because oh you want to unify the country unify it stop dividing us with i got mine jack you guys are great yes anthony on the chat make it blue in 22 oh my god let's hope let's hope 
That's the thing. When they when they overturn Roe v. Wade, it, I wonder if you know they they're going to regret it. But also, if we don't deal with voting, it won't matter. So, all right, we have problems. We got that Joe Manchin problem, that Kristen Cinema problem, and the only way they can go away, we can make those problems go away, is by nullifying them legally and peacefully. You know what I mean? Getting more, getting rid of them, getting more Democrats, but good ones, not corporate lick spittles. All right, my friends, guys, 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 guys. Thank you, my God. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for everything for the past year and beyond. And thank you, Jim, for your super chat and Kunta Kinte. And Jim again, Mamma Mia, and Mark, and thank you, JLza J, and Greg, thank you for your um, um, enormous super chat, and welcome back, welcome home, kid, and thank you, Shadow Star Ace, and thank you, Haiku, and also thank you, Haiku, for your uh, being our very fair moderator. I will, I'll kick people out as quick as looking at them, <laughs> but Haiku gives you a chance. So that's why he's, he's a good moderator and friend. So join us on discord and all that. Like I said, guys, 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 unfortunately, just another reminder, Saturday show for the foreseeable future no more we're gonna do it on friday all right my friends but we'll talk about it more during the week and like i said we will win because we're on the right side of history we're on the right side of decency dignity and democracy thank you so much thanks for hanging out welcome to 2022 we're in it together Never give up. If you're feeling down, you're not alone. Please reach out. If you want to connect, look in the description of the show and uh, check out Discord. Join us on our Discord link, and you we can we share we share and care. And Mark C has some really good videos up there about how to how to take care of yourself in uh, during these times. And, and that's important because we can't help anybody and unless we can help ourselves. So we need to keep fit and mentally. I'm talking, talking to myself there. That's for sure. So, all right, guys. My name is Tara Devlin. Thanks again. You see how it's very difficult for me to finally hang up. <laughs> I like you. I like you. It's like you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you. Wait, I'm just, you know what else I wanted to say? Where is this? Looking for Mark's thing here. Very nice. 
That's it. Mark's website is aradicalu.com. Aradicalu.com. And I love those videos, Mark. They're great and helpful. And you, and you have a great face. Because <laughs> Mark said he had a face for radio. You have a great face. And great heart, too. Because we're in this together. We need each other. And it's not easy, so we it's all important. Take care of ourselves, right? And thank you. Thank you for taking care of me, guys. All righty. My name is Tara Devon, like I said. I'll see you. I'll see you very soon. Happy New Year. <laughs>